Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What is up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with the latest episode of the Team Building Podcast. We've got a phenomenal guest here today, and we have a topic that we're going to cover that is always on the top of team leaders' minds and really any high-producing agent that's looking to expand uh, because we're talking about ISAs. And we've got a gentleman here with us who has coached ISAs under the Ben Kinney team, is now building his own team, has a ton of experience with coaching ISAs, and we're going to talk about some of the keys to success, some of the unconventional things and, uh, and things that he do, uh, does differently than other teams around the country who are using the ISA model. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that, have, uh, that he's seen work and things that don't work. And uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to get into. I know it's going to be super, super valuable for everybody in the audience that's uh, looking at or already using ISAs in their team models. So first of all, Jeff Coates, officially welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. I love, uh, I love what you do, and this is awesome. So, well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, we basically what we've done is we've replaced uh, Jeff with a Jeff. So Jeff Cohn uh, is out of town. Uh, unfortunately, he is uh, not able to join us, and he's going to be out for a couple weeks. So he's got a big family vacation. So he's going to try to join us for one or two of those episodes over the next few weeks uh, from his uh, safari hotel or something like that. We'll, we'll we'll see if Jeff can join us over the next few weeks, but otherwise we're going to keep on trucking. We're going to have some amazing guests, uh, but I thought it was hilarious that we had just replaced Jeff Cohn with Jeff Coates. So yeah, a couple of letters and same difference. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't want to join us from the safari. <laughs> exactly. Oh. oh, all right. So Jeff, give us, uh, for those that don't know you, give us an idea of your background. Where did you kind of come out from and where you're at now? Oh man, that's a long story. That's a whole nother podcast, man. <laughs> that's um, right. Well, let's talk about the team-specific background and, and kind of where you're at in, in real estate. Yeah, so um, I wound up uh, working at a mortgage company for a little while, and because of my background, I, I do a lot of public speaking across the country and in, and, uh, in universities and prisons and a, a bunch of different places. And mm -hmm. uh, after one of my talks, I was at a restaurant and I was sitting next to this guy. <clears throat> And he was kind of just looking at his phone, looking real angry. And I just kind of looked over at him and was like, man, if your phone shouldn't be making you look that angry. And he looked over at him and kind of smiled. And, and he said, you know, um, he said, uh, what's your name? And I said, oh, my name is Jeff. What's your name? He said, oh, my name is Ben. I was like, all right. And he said, you know, what brings you to the restaurant? We just kind of made friends. And then later on, it turns out that that Ben is actually Ben Kenny. And um, so... That's kind of how our friendship began, was sitting next to each other at this restaurant, and he was mad dogging his phone. But <laughs> um, You have, so, like, deals, you know, deals falling out of escrow or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, you know, at the time, I was in working IT in a mortgage company and yeah. um, wound up getting laid off. And one of my friends said, man, why don't you go take your real estate test and, and try to become get into real estate? Because, you know, that's been your passion. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it. So I looked into seeing if I could get the, the test, because uh, as most people know about me and my story, I was in prison. So there's like, I don't know if I could get the, the license and stuff. Right, so right. 
Um, found out I could get the license, started taking my my test, wound up passing, and I was like, I was like, man, what do I do? And then I was like, who do I know? And I was like, that guy Ben was in real estate. So I texted him and I was like, hey man, I just got my, uh, I just passed my test. You know, uh, what do I do? You know, and yeah. he was like, you, you fly to Texas. And I'm like, oh yeah, just fly to Texas. And <laughs> okay. he was like, yeah, fly to Texas and I'll cover your hotel and and uh, huh. just get there. And I was like, okay. all right. So I flew to Texas and it was mega agent camp for Keller Williams. Uh, okay. And uh, it's kind of funny because I hadn't really been on a plane uh, my phone died on the plane, so I get to this hotel room, I plug it in, and I'm like, I got to go find Ben because he invited me here. So I put all my stuff down, and I, I walk over to the uh, convention center. I walk in there, and I don't know if you've ever been to a family reunion, but it's huge, like mm -hmm. 20,000 people in this room. And I look at, I'm standing there, no phone, and I'm like, how in the heck do I find Ben? Like, this is going to be crazy. Okay. Not even like two minutes later, he walks out on the stage to talk to everybody. And I'm like, <laughs> who in the heck is Ben? Like, who is this guy? Yeah. And uh, by the, that's that's kind of when I figured out like uh, who Ben was. And after the event, we flew back and uh, I went over to his house and he was we were talking and he said, you know, join my team, you know, and and get a foundation for your career by being an ISA on my team. And I, I took the opportunity, uh, of course. And uh, I don't, I think that he weighed like how much I've had to go through to even be there in that moment, you know, going through prison for so long, getting out, hustling with the mortgage company. I tested and passed the state national test to get my loan officer license. But at the time, the state and federal laws in our country wouldn't allow me to be a loan officer. Um, so I stuck with the IT stuff, <clears throat> joined Ben's team, and uh, and then, you know, started doing ISA stuff with him, uh, with his team here in Seattle, and learning the systems that are in play, Mojo, Boomtown, and, and just kind of going and doing my thing. Uh, stuck with ISA, the, the agents would come on the team, and they would, he would, uh, the team leader there would say, you know, can you help onboard these agents and start training them to use the systems like you do? Because ideally, you want, as an ISA, you want your agents to kind of act like ISAs as well. You want them making their calls, doing their follow-up, and setting their appointments for themselves. So that's all an ISA does, except the ISA is also doing it to set appointments for the whole team and for the for all the agents on the team, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I started doing that and stepping into that role uh, was doing some more public speaking, uh, wound up going to Philadelphia and joining an organization called One Life Fully Lived uh, yeah. with Tim Rode and, yeah. and uh, Matt Aitchison. And, and, you know, I was talking to a couple of guys there and they said, you know, you have a legendary story and you're underneath a legend with Ben Kenny. And he's, they said, you know, eventually you're going to have to separate from that and grow your story and and you can't have a legendary story and be under a legend you're gonna have to have to kind of grow your wings and make it happen for yourself yeah and so uh so worked it out and wound up leaving the ben kenny team and i started my own real estate team rain city northwest and uh i've been trying to crush goals with that team at the same time as 
training agents across the country for the ISA role. So, yeah. and I call it ISA training, but really you can train an, an agent, you can train a team, you can train a team of ISAs. It's all the same. It's all the same training. You're teaching people to make phone calls uh, to prospect. You're teaching them to prospect, but more importantly, you're teaching them how to, I teach them how to use the tools to prospect, to to so that you can convert leads and you can, can get to the appointments that everybody talks about in their books. I, I read these, I've read some books by people that talk about ISAs and I'm like, I can totally tell you've never been an ISA and you wrote this book based on something, you know? <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the things that, that are a dead giveaway to you. Uh, so what, what are the things that you feel like people are trying to do with ISAs when they've never been in that role before um, that are that are kind of a dead giveaway to you that they've never done it themselves that they've never been in the trenches as an ISA. When they talk about just the numbers, when when you okay. read a book and they just talk about the numbers and they're like, uh, this many calls, this many appointments, this will lead to this, like, and and they're not talking about the follow up. They're not talking about mm. the humanity of the position, for lack of a better word. You know, like they're not talking about what it really takes to be talking to somebody on a cold call. You know, and and talking about being like they, they, nobody comes out in a book and tries to be and say, be salesy, be salesy. Nobody says that. Right. But they say their focus is on the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. I agree. I'm not saying that it's not a numbers game. I do agree that it is a numbers game. However, it's a number game coupled with follow up, coupled right. with humanity, coupled with personality, coupled with training. Like I think all of that comes mm -hmm. in to play um let me so let me ask you when you talk about like the humanity side and we, we were talking a little bit about this before we went live it, you know you're a big advocate of le letting the isa encouraging the isa to kind of be themselves to, to be to be human on the phone to be themselves on the phone um does that translate into them sticking around for longer and, and that being a more sustainable role for them so there's not as much turnover in the isa position oh man Turnover is a, a hard subject to talk about because uh, when the ISA is in the position and they start seeing the potential that they have to earn differently as mm -hmm. an agent, um, that's the reason for turnover. Um, gotcha. And what's, what's hard about that is finding that ISA and um, finding that ISA that understands that and you hire them not because they are looking for for gain they're looking for long term they're you know that's okay when you hire so an hiring ISA, someone that's not as opportunistic it's not even really about opportunistic it's about i have a family i need i need a structured income i like the mm -hmm. base pay and i like the potential for growth uh, with my commission and uh the base pay covers my bill maybe they're in a two income family and they're like my my base pay covers uh my my portion of the bills in the in the household and now the commission allows me to uh earn more and 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 help my family more and benefit my family more it almost is the same game that happens with trying to retain agents on a team you know a lot of teams go after uh, agents who are brand new in the business and they have a, they use it as a machine, right? The machine is recruit, 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 
and then and and then the turnover rate is high because a lot of times the agents that they're recruiting are are more new. Um, and, and then the agents get into the business and they do their first couple deals and they're like, "Whoa, I just made ten thousand dollars, but I just only got five thousand. So, right. you, know, you know, so uh, I want the whole ten. And then yep. they get the they get the whole ten and uh, <laughs> well, then they then they leave the team and then they realize, man, where do I get yeah, my leads from? Yeah. And uh, and and then you're like, um. They're, they're like, where do I get my leads from? And then they're like, oh, I have to pay to get those leads. I have to find systems. I have to do things. Mm-hmm. And and then that that five grand that I just got actually just went out the window because I have to yeah. pay for all these systems. And then you're like, oh, that's why I'm on a team. Yeah, and that's what I think is interesting. It's the 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 role of of risk and how much risk somebody's willing to take on. To to me, an ISA, just from what I've observed and the people that that seem to be doing it well, and I'm just and just reflecting on on even how I would approach a position like that. The only way I would stay in a position like that is if I understood the potential that I had, that yes, I'm doing the hardest part of being an agent, right? The prospecting is the hardest part. So if I'm gonna do that part, the the only reason I would stay in that position is because I either A, don't want to deal with the clients, not have like a low enough eye, well, like my my eye is high enough that I can be good on the phone, but low enough that I don't actually wanna see people in person. (laughs) So that's, that's one, but more importantly is the risk, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Greg. Um, so, but the other part is the risk. And, and I think that's part of what helps you retain good agents on your team, not necessarily spectacular agents, right? Everybody wants a spectacular, a rock star agent, but part of being a rock star agent is you can do it all yourself. Like you're the rock star, right? There's not as much incentive for them to stick around. Um, but if there are a risk averse rock star, if they have all the capabilities, but for whatever reason, they just don't want to shell out the money themselves for Boomtown, for Mojo, for all the systems, for Zillow, for building a farm, for sending out the postcards. Like if they just don't have the personality profile to do it, then they may be willing to stay in that ISA or an agent role for longer, maybe even years. Maybe they never leave because they just don't want to handle the risk. And I think that's that to me, that's kind of the sweet spot that I found where people can retain like a really rock star ISA or a rock star agent is when they find that person that for whatever reason, just, they just don't want the risk of going out and and putting the cash down. I agree with that. However, when you hire new agents and hire Mm. new ISAs, they don't know about that risk, right? They don't know. That is the danger. Yes. If they're brand new, yeah, you're right. They just don't know. They don't understand that it is a risk. Right. They don't know. And see, that's what I talk to team leaders about that that hire me is I talk, I, I ask them, what does your onboarding look like? Do you, how much do you share with an, an agent or an ISA coming on board? Because I think it's important to be transparent, like with your systems, like, okay, I have, excuse me, I have Boomtown. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have Boomtown. Do they know how much that costs you out of your pocket? Do they know mm-hmm. how much, how much it costs you to send a, the postcards do you have a farm yes i have a farm okay do they know what it costs you to print those postcards do they know what it costs you to to mail those postcards and do you do that every month oh oh, you do it twice a month okay so the reality is if you show some of your numbers you don't have to show all your numbers but if you show some of your numbers and and say the value of you being on my team is this i do this this and this it costs me this this and this it's a lot of money and i'm proactively doing it not just for myself, but I'm doing it for you so you can get those leads to call. And when you get those leads, 
that that's why you're getting those leads is because I've done this, this, and this, and I'm setting the expectations on the front end to find that rockstar agent that sticks with me instead of the agent that comes on board and is like, damn, I just closed a $20,000 commission house and I get $10,000. Well, that's BS. I want off here and I want to go make 20 grand. And right. it's like, okay, now you're off the team. Now what? Mm. Well, I don't know. I was making calls. Yeah, but who are you calling? Well, yeah. they had leads for me. Yeah, yeah. How, where'd that lead come from? You right. know? I get I get people that will call me too and say, hey, I just left team XYZ and I have this deal that I'm closing and uh, do I owe them a commission? And I'm like, well, did you, how'd you get the lead? Well, right. I, I did an open house. I'm like, okay, you did an open house, but how did you get that open house? Well, I called an agent and I asked them if I could do the open house for them. Okay, but what team did you say you represented when you did that? Oh, I represent, <laughs> I said I represented this team. Okay, then you own 50%. You own right. whatever your contract is because their reputation is what got you there. Like their hard work and their branding and their stuff got you that lead and, and got you in that position, you know? Yeah. That's okay. kind of going on a different road of ISA, but but that's uh, it all is relative and all connects because ISAs do the same thing. They leave a team and, yeah. hey, I've been working with these five people for the last four months and I haven't set an appointment, but now that I'm off the team, they called me and they want to go and do a transaction. Okay, well, right. that's part of the team, you know, yep. you got to – that's the team. That's not you anymore. You know. Yeah. So, so if you are, if you, so if you're coaching ISAs, tell me a little bit about your approach uh, to building building a team of people that can work well either independently or together. I don't know, you know what your philosophy is, but tell me a little bit about kind of what the ideal ISA team looks like to you, and how is it run? That's a big question. I think ISAs are really. It's, I feel is more of like a independent, you know, like I don't know if I think it's good to have competition with each other. And I think competition always drives you to, to man, I, how'd that guy get five deals this month? And I only got one, you know, I like, I like that aspect of things. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes down to it, it's really more uh, independent and personal because the team isn't on the phone with you. The team yeah. isn't figuring out your follow-up. You know, the first thing an, an ideal ISA team looks like, and I'll break it down to individual since I feel like it really comes down to the individual, is the follow-up game. Before you make a phone call, what does your follow-up system look like? Do you have an action plan set up in Mojo? Whatever dialer you're using, you know, maybe you're not using a dialer, but you're using a spreadsheet and you're just hand dialing. If you're doing that, get a dialer. That's, right. <laughs> that's the first thing that I would say. But right. what, what does your follow-up game look like? You know, okay, yeah. I'm going to call this guy today. I was, I screenshotted this thing the other day. Uh, this guy did an online training and he said, this is what my expired follow-up looks like. Call, 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 call. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not that, Who's following this? And 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 he charged like five hundred dollars a month to to coach. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and the follow up plan was call. That was it. One yeah. more call. Call, yeah. call, 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 call. And I'm just like, okay. The follow up plan. What does your follow up plan looks like? You just got this person on the phone. It's an eight hundred thousand dollar house. This is the first time they've talked to you. You think they want to sell their house with you right now? First call right now. They're they're ready. Oh, this is my biggest investment. Joe from XYZ just called me. I think I'll go with him. No. Yeah. 
the nine to 12 touches it says to, to get into a, a client, right? So what's your follow-up game look like? You call them on the phone, all right? You, get, you know where they live. You just called them. So send them a note. Send them something and be like, hey, thanks for the follow-up. Thanks for talking to me on the phone. Really appreciate you. I know that you got harassed by 25 realtors this morning, blah, blah, blah. You know, set yourself <laughs> apart. Find some value, you know. Um, okay. Don't even ask for anything in the note. Just say right. hello and say yeah. thanks. Thanks for talking to me. And I know you had a rough day. And by the time you get this note, you probably talked to 100 more realtors. And I'm going to give you a call tomorrow and see if you got my card and I'll be 112. Whatever, yeah. you know, something <laughs> something that kind of just makes them smile, jokes around a little bit. And then when you call them, now it's not so cold because they actually remember you on the next call because you, okay, I called, I sent my note, I call again, I send my, maybe they'll give me the email address this time because maybe they didn't the first time or maybe they did. Right. You got your scripts down, you got your objection handlers down, you got the email address. So now you incorporate that email. I was watching this thing the other day that said that, um, don't text them. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know, and, and the guy's a good teacher who I watched. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I think I, you don't have to ask them to list their house in a text message. You can be normal right. human being yeah. in a text message and be like, hey, man, this is Jeff. I talked to you the other day. Just hope your day is going good. And if you had any questions about the market, I'm still here. Just letting you know. Don't be salesy. Hey, I want to list your house right now. Come on, man. And yeah. this text message is going to make you convinced to do it with me. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just to leave a positive impression and it's a touch. And, and I 100% agree. I do think that specifically the texting thing is funny because that me and Greg McDaniel go around and around about this. Yeah. Because he... Like he makes fun of me for the fact that I would rather like, hey, don't cold call me. Like I would literally rather get a text out of the blue or a, a text and then a call, like a text telling me who they are and then a call because otherwise I'm just not going to pick up. Um, he doesn't want to get a text ever and doesn't want to text anybody ever because that and there's only three or four years between us. We're both millennials or no. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's late Gen X. I'm early millennial. Um, so that like just those few years is enough of a difference to feel that that complete difference of opinion on on texting. And so I think there's a big generational thing going on there. Um, if I were in the business, like if I were hitting the ground right now and I was new and I'm, I'm calling on people that are my age and younger, 35 and younger, I wouldn't hesitate to text. Now, right. if they're my parents' age, my parents don't want to get a text from somebody they don't know at all, ever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it just it kind of depends on who you're talking to. But it also depends on the person, too, because if if I pulled up my phone right here and showed you this guy, I'm texting a 68-year-old guy about a car. This guy texted me. He texted me. And, and what's interesting is the other day he sent me a GIF in the text no message stream, too, and I was like, this dude's 68, and he just That's texted awesome. me a GIF. <laughs> so I was, you know. Hey, you I, never know. I was also at a party the other day, and I said, you know, this is a little off base, but I, I was looking at all these um, 20, 22 to 28 year olds all on their phone. And I, I got them all to sit at the table with me. And I said, I, I just got one question. And they were like, yeah. And I said, if you saw an ad from me on Instagram, would you click on it? And they all said, no. Okay. And I was like, and then I, but then I got deeper and I said, well, what do you like? And they all said clothes. And I was like, okay, so what if, what brand? And then they said a brand. And I said, so if you saw an ad for that brand of clothes, would you click on that? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay. so if you wanted to sell your house and you saw an ad from me, would you click on that? And then they're like, yeah. 
So then I, I just thought that that was interesting how we went from a whole complete no to right. then, oh, I do like something and then I'll click on that. And then so, um, yeah, things are changing. So to get getting back to just where this fits into follow up, a couple things. So do so you talk a lot about the, just the, you know, the humanity of it? Yeah. And giving ISAs the freedom to kind of adjust their follow up plans to, to both their personality and the personality of the person they're talking to. Well, I don't know about the freedom of it. I would say to the team leader. I would say the team leader, because you don't know what somebody's follow-up plan looks like, and you need to have systems and models that you can follow and you can ex- and scale, right? So, mm-hmm. so as the team leader, you're spending thousands of dollars to set this system up, and yeah. then you get this ISA, and you're like, here's the phone, here's the dialer, good luck, take care. <laughs> right. No, you're missing a key part. The dialer and the systems all have tools that are never taught. A lot okay. of times to ISAs okay. and to agents. For instance, hmm. Mojo. Mojo has an action plan in there where you can set um, you can set up stuff for follow up for your follow up. You can set up reminder emails, set up a note to the to ping the ISA or the agent to say, "Hey, text this lead. They they got your letter today." You know, hmm. send a postcard. You know, uh, ping so you to stop. make don't make stop another- with just setting up the system. Like, don't stop with just setting up Boomtown and Mojo, and then cut. You know, then expect an ISA just to kind of cut loose and have have great numbers without setting up a follow up system for them. Yeah, and you can have your email drip campaigns inside Mojo as well. A lot of people don't know this, but inside Mojo, you can set action plans that have scheduled emails that go out for a lead, and you can turn it on, and then and 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 you can keep getting pinged. As you can tell, I talk a lot about Mojo. I I like Mojo a lot, but I also know that Vulcan Seven has it. There's other systems, yep, and all exactly. systems actually. There's there's your your drip campaigns and your follow up, and a lot of people say, "Oh, I don't like a drip campaign." Well, don't think of it like that. A drip campaign can be as awesome as the amount of effort that you put into it. If mm-hmm. you go get a template and you put it on autopilot, and there's spelling errors in there, and there's some Joe Bob's name in there because you never read the email that you're sending out to your your database, then yeah, I wouldn't expect that you get a result, you know. But if you take the time to sit down and get something realistic in place for a follow-up system and then you teach your agents and your isas how to use those systems not just one piece not just turn on the dialer press go but hey this system has these emails we have these branded emails in here we have birthday emails if you find out that it's somebody's birthday you now you can get them on that drip for a birthday touch or a holiday touch or whatever it is that that's another touch that helps your isa or helps your agents on your team to convert and it, and it's yeah. just one more thing in the pipeline. A lot of people hire an ISA and say make calls. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying yes, do that, but give them the tools to help them with the next call and the next call and the next call, so that by the mm-hmm. the, the ninth touch, we got somebody saying, hey, come come talk to me. Let's let's talk about your marketing plan. And some people think, well, how are you going to get nine touches in a couple of days? Because most people will relist their house within a week or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have your follow-up do it. Like, have your follow-up plan. Can It It can all be done right now. Boom, 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 you know? Uh, one agent that I know, what he likes to do is he likes to call him on the phone, send a note, and then in a couple of days, he stops by. He stops yeah. by their house. And uh, and I said, when did you start doing that? He said, well, I used to be an ISA, and I that's what I did as an ISA, is I wanted to do a, a, a drive-by touch. Like, I just wanted them to see my face 
so that the next time they talked to me on the phone, they knew it was me. And he's like, there was nothing wrong with that. Like, he was like, yeah. I wasn't trying to talk numbers. I wasn't trying to do anything that the agent would do. I just wanted him to feel him or her, whatever, to, to, to get that personal touch. Now, I'm not telling you to have your ISAs go door knock people all the time. That's not right. what I'm saying. Although I will say that uh, Ver Veronica, who's watching right now, she's a licensed ISA down in Texas. She says, I stopped by. It's extremely effective. I think Veronica, if I remember right. Uh, took like something like $800,000 worth of listings in small town Texas here over the last month or so. They, yeah. I think they all came, if I, if I remember right, and Veronica, if you're watching, you can still correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they all came from her picking up the phone, calling expired listings, and then showing up and physically stopping by, exactly like you said. So she's crushing it out there just by willing to be, being willing to take that extra step. Yeah, you got to have the outside of the box thinking, because here's mm -hmm. what I say. I used to show this picture. There's this local team here. I didn't even know this, but I wound up getting on some Facebook group, and I was like, man, that looks like downtown Kirkland, which is yeah. a little local area. And sure enough, this guy has a whole team of ISAs just cold calling. And so what I, what I, what I show other ISAs is I say, this is your competition right here. Everybody's calling the same people. What are you right. going to do different than these people in order to get the appointment? Like, what's your next step? And so people say uh, they have all kinds of things, but that's how I met the guy that talked about door knocking. He said, man, I just go knock on the door and I leave a little introduction about the team. And I was Love like, it. well, that, that's unique. You know, that's something mm -hmm. different. And so, yeah. and I, I think that your personality plays a part too. A lot of people hear the trainings to put a mirror in front of you. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in putting the mirror in front of you. And I think, I mean, right now I'm on this podcast and I'm I'm always encouraged to be smiling because I don't want to look like I'm <laughs> bored to death here, you know, I'm just talking to you. Right. So I can see my face yeah. and I'm, I'm like, OK, I'm smiling. I'm trying to make sure that we're connecting and engaged. And I might not see the other person on the phone, mm -hmm. but I can see myself. And if myself is not feeling it, that person on the other side of the phone ain't feeling it either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Love it. And and you can you you can see that in phone calls that you have to make in your day to day life too. Like if you have to call Verizon or AT and T or Sprint, because <laughs> have to do that, right? Or if you have to call yeah. Comcast or Frontier or Xfinity or whoever you got, you always get that person. Sometimes it's like, "Welcome to AT and T. How can I help you today? What's your first and last name?" You know, you you they don't have a mirror. They need yep. a mirror. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they need a lot of things, but yes, a, a, mirror, a mirror would be one of those. And Veronica says, I do that. It is awesome. So Veronica is uh, crushing it for a reason because she's taking a lot of the steps that you're talking about. So uh, so in the last few minutes that we have left, uh, Jeff, I just want you to share a little bit about the book that you're working on and uh, kind of when people can start keeping an eye out for that. And, and then we'll talk about how they can connect with you. But what's, what's the book reset about? Uh, so... The book Reset is, is a book uh, about my life in a way. A lot of people that know my story, I went to prison when I was 14 years old and I did 17 years in prison in the adult prison system. And uh, it, it was quite a journey. Then I got out and got into real estate. I call real estate the poor man's wealth. But um, And I've accomplished big, big goals. And so the book is called Reset, R-E-S-3-T. Um, there's a reason why the, the three is in there. You'll have to read the book to, to find that out. It's in relation to the three F's. Mm -hmm. But uh, the book, I didn't want to write a book that I was like, 
here's my life. Who wants to read a book about some kid that went to prison and it's in mm-hmm. and, and the end? He's a realtor. Yeah. Awesome. You know, yeah. no, I, I, I wanted to do a book that uh, said, this is what I went through. And I've had to reset my mindset multiple times throughout my life to accomplish big goals. And okay. so um, there's the dedicated eight. I think there's eight principles that lead anybody to accomplish a big goal, no matter where they are in their life. You could be in mm-hmm. prison. You could be in addiction. You could be in a bad relationship. You could be sitting at a nine to five job that you hate and you can change your life and your circumstances right now uh, by following eight dedicated principles and changing your life and being dedicated to it. And I use my story along with many inspiring people across the country's stories um, to show that these dedicated eight principles can help you change your life. And so I wanted to write a book about my life, but also create a book that educates people on how they can turn their lives around and accomplish big goals right now if they wanted to. That's awesome. And, uh, and Juan is watching with us as you go, Jeff, uh, Veronica says that is a hell of a story. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. So I'm, I'm pumped for the book. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. And, uh, we'll have to get you back on like real estate uncensored and get you on with Greg McDaniel. And you guys can just go back and forth about uh, big goals. It'd be awesome. Uh, you yeah. guys would love that. So we'll have to do that. Um, but in the meantime, like how do people connect with you and kind of stay up with what you're doing so that when the book officially launches, they, they get notified. Yeah. If, if teams are looking for coaching or, uh, for the ISA or any of that stuff, you can connect with me at Jeff or I mean, connect with me at jcoats at kw.com. That's my email address, jcoats, C-O-A-T-S at kw.com. That's really the best way um, to connect because then we can do the follow-up calls. I don't need my, my phone blows up all the time already as it is. So it's, it's probably best to start there and then move forward and hear what your needs are and go from there. And if you want to follow the book launch, uh, you can email that email or you can email jeff at res3t.com. That's my email address for the book. Um, so either either platform or connect with me on Facebook too. No problem there as well. Yep. Yep. Jeff Coates, C-O-A-T-S. Uh, so make sure we, uh, uh, if, if you guys are watching this, you probably shared it from, uh, you saw the live broadcast shared from my page. So guys, if you like connect, uh, connect up with Jeff, just shoot him a friend request, message him on Facebook. But yeah, make sure to stay connected. Uh, and then I want to mention a couple of things just since Jeff Cohn is not here to do it himself. I'll do it for him. Uh, but there was a couple of things you mentioned on like the email follow-up plans, for example. Yeah. So all of Jeff Cohn and his team's uh, email follow-ups are in the, the Google Drive uh, that you actually get access to for free. So for anyone that comes to the workshop or anyone that gets involved in the ERS live stream coaching for the team leader, you actually get all of you know elite real estate systems intellectual property. Uh, so all the spreadsheets, all the tools, all the tracking, um, you know, the, how to build it, how, how to use the the internal tracking that actually shows up on a gecko board. So you can display that in your office, like all of that stuff, uh, including the pre-written, like customizable email campaigns there, uh, all of their follow up systems for Boomtown, including exactly how to use all of the different buckets that Boomtown kind of sets up for you, what standards to set, like all that stuff. So if anybody's interested or if you're thinking about coming out to a workshop, you do get all of that stuff. You go home and leave and have lifetime access to all that stuff. So I wanted to point that out. All that stuff is on EliteRealEstateSystems.com. You can click on the workshop page or you can click on the live stream page, depending on whether you're looking to go and hang, hang out with Jeff and his team in Omaha and see this stuff like in, in person. Or if you want to do more remote coaching where you and your team can plug into live high def video training three to four times a week. So that's all on the website. 
And then make sure also to go to uh, the just support the podcast. Make sure to reach out. Thank Jeff for coming on the show. So if you go and leave an, a rating or review on iTunes, make sure to mention Jeff Coates. Tell him that he did a fantastic job on the show. Give him a public shout out so people know what episode to go listen to that you enjoyed. Uh, and then if you are a team leader and you know someone that would benefit from hearing what we talked about, someone who's thinking about hiring an ISA would be would definitely benefit from this episode because Jeff what you had to share today will prevent a lot of people from making a lot of very costly expensive mistakes and so we appreciate that for sure and so to piggyback on that real quick I forgot about tracking tracking is a big deal like as a team leader I've had some team leaders say oh I trained my ISA on Mojo or this and that and mm-hmm. and I go and look up the ISA's numbers and there's nothing there and I'm like well what happened oh he doesn't really use this that he pulls from the MLS and he does this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you need to be able to track. But more importantly, I tell the ISAs, the tracking really isn't for the team leader. You should be just as concerned about tracking as well because you need to track your own results so that you know when you're getting better, so that you know how you're converting leads and what you're doing differently to get those appointments. And it's just as important for you to be tracking as well, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, I've talked a lot about this with a mentor of mine uh, who's working on – he's working on a a, a long article called The Metrics Manifesto. And and a lot of it is about people's relationship to numbers and why people don't want to track numbers. And it's it's extremely fascinating stuff. But, yes, I agree. Both for the team leader and the ISA themselves should want to track everything. everything. We don't. We don't, and we don't want to a lot of times, and that has to do with our relationship with numbers. So maybe we'll get on to talk, to talk about that. That's a whole other very, very fascinating topic to me. So, But anyway, we are out of time for today. So, guys, I appreciate you watching. Everybody, I didn't get a chance to really publicly thank everybody that jumped on. Like Mark Martin was here. Veronica was watching and commenting throughout. Uh, a bunch of other people kind of jumped on the Facebook Live. That's right. Uh, so just want to thank everybody for doing that. We'll be back next week with another amazing guest. And until then, we will see you. Right, right, right.